So here we are, and uh, we're going to start a conversation today with a very well-known local charity leader called Glenna Madol. And I'm going to pass over to you to tell us, who, who are you, Glenna? All right. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Glenna McDowell Can. Can't forget the Can. That's my <laughs> married name. Um, I am the chairperson of a charity, Me, You and Them, based in Dungannon. And it's about promoting positive mental health within our community. But I also run two very successful enterprises called For You, which are reacting to the need in the local area. We're working with families and individuals on low income. Okay. I'm going to ask you that question again. So who are you, Glenna Madol? Oh, that's Can't. right. Yes. <laughs> so that was all about my work. It wasn't about me. Who am I? So I am Glenna. I am mum to three children. I am a wife and I've got four beautiful grandchildren. Um, I live in Clutter. I work in Dungannon. And I'm pretty ballsy, I think, for a woman. Um, and I'm very loyal and I, I know a very honest person and I will stand up for what's right. And I will always voice my opinion if I feel it's needed. Okay, so before we go on any further, we got a message today from your family. Do you want to tell us what that message was? Yeah, so I guess I, I got my family together on Saturday evening just because to give me some inspiration, mo- motivations, things to talk about. Um, and they were useless, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you can't say that. No, you don't say that, whatever. But anyway, um, my son sent, uh, they all sent good luck to me, but my son sent, um, let them know how proud we are of you. Yeah, lovely message. Um, why is this conversation important to you, Glenna? I think you you asked me there firstly, who am I? Do you know, I think a lot of people do have preconceptions of who I am. Um, I've never really spoke a lot about myself. And again, this is not just going to be about myself, um, the interview, because there's everybody has life um, experiences. I've had loads that pretty much, you know what, I've closed them up and moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I suppose maybe that's why you've said the word ballsy. So do you want to give us a definition of ballsy? <laughs> well, ballsy to me would be throughout my life, I've had different things that I've, I feel I've only ever had two options. One, to lay down and take it, or two, to get up and fight. Um, now, don't get me wrong, there's times I have laid down, but you know what, I've always got back up again. Mm-hmm. I've been knocked, I've been knocked, I've been knocked, my confidence has been, been knocked. My personalities, everybody seems to feel at times that they can have um, an opinion on my personality and on me as a person. Um, but yeah, when I feel strongly about something, I will talk about it and I will sh- shout it from the rafters. Okay. You've said that a couple of times, so I want to ask you, what does that mean? What, what, what's been going on that has led you to tell us that you can either lay down and take it or get up and fight. Yeah, so s- to me, I suppose, through different things going on in my life, I couldn't speak up. I wasn't allowed to speak up. There was always going to be a consequence if I spoke up, and it was always to the negative, where I would be saying, 
you know, this is my story. This is my journey. I have every right to ha- it, be able to say how I feel. Yet, I've been told to say very little. So who are those people that tell you to say little? And I'm not saying, I'm saying they're probably, they're trying to protect me. Mm-hmm. You know, because I know, although I am ballsy, as I have said myself, I am very sensitive. Um, my emotional intelligence is very high. And I think that's why I work well and do the work I do extremely well, because I feel. Um, and they'll probably be thinking, oh, you know, you're inviting negativity. Mm-hmm. If you speak up, speak out. Let's talk about that negativity, because we do know that um, you, you have a, a brilliant presence on social media. We know that social media can be a brilliant thing for a lot of people and a lot of things. Sometimes it's not so good. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, um, we use Facebook a lot. We use it a lot to promote the social enterprises, uh, for the charity, for our achievements and um, the services we offer. And uh, other we add-ons that we do. But yes, with us having such a presence on that platform, we tend to attract some negativity. And I think I was having this conversation the other day, and I've put it up on Facebook. You can get 20 comments, and 19 out of them will be super fantastic. And they're, they're what you want. And you'll get one that are not liking you. They don't like what you do, or they're picking fault in what you do. And it's that flipping one that you just, you zoom in on, and you're like, but why, why, why are you saying that? She doesn't even know me. Who are these people? I don't understand, you know. So that in itself, I think at times, for me, if something like that happens, I have, you have to give me a couple of days to process it. It mm-hmm. goes round and round in my head, and I'd be like, da-da-da. And then finally, the penny drops. They don't matter. They don't care. They know nothing about me, nor do they want to know nothing about me. They're not interested in what our aims and objectives as a charity and social enterprise are. So ultimately, they don't matter. So it's personal? I take it personally. I do. Mm. Unfortunately, I do. Well, um, I think it's important to, um, when, when I ask the question, who is Glenn and Madol Khan? Mm-hmm. It's important to say who you really are. Um, and your charity, as you said at the start, is to promote positive mental health. Mm-hmm. So what in your world, whether personal or professional, is positive mental health? Yeah, so that's probably um, why I thought when people say to me, don't be saying that. See, when you're having to suppress how you feel and not speak about how you feel, that can fester and that can add to poor mental health. And mm-hmm. like. It certainly can. I know I struggled for quite a few years as in, who can I talk to? Who can I trust? What can I say? Because you don't want um, to open yourself up to trolls. But at the same token, how are we ever going to banish this if we don't speak up and speak out about it? Yeah, I think it's, um, for me on a personal level today, there's um, a quote that I'll always remember um, a woman, when she was interviewed years ago, had said, your mind's your strongest weapon. And when I'm listening to you and you've said you're a loyal person, mm-hmm. tell me who and what you're loyal to and why that keeps your mind strong. Yeah. So I have standards and I know they're quite high, but I know what I, how I am to a person and I 
respect anybody that respects myself. Um, if you're good to me, I'm good to you back. Um, loyal is, you know, are you on my side? Or are you not? Are you here for the right reasons with me? Are you on this journey for me? Or are you here to put a knife in my back? Yeah. Okay. We've been a bit serious, which is not really either of our personalities, no. I don't think. Um, uh, I don't know you. We haven't rehearsed this. You don't know what's coming your way. But let's go back to how do you start your day? <laughs> I was thinking about this, you know, and I've been uh, listening to podcasts. So this is how I start my day. I wake up at uh, 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. I go for a mile run. I want to come back from the run. I take a cold shower. Probably meditate then for about another half an hour. I'll have lemon tea and then I'll sit and I'll do my to-do list. And then my day starts. Perfect. Um, good early hour of the morning to start. That's all lies. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was waiting on that. <laughs> I wake at 10 to 7. <laughs> I have to have two cups of tea before I get out yep. of bed and do a good scroll on Facebook to see what's happening. The truth be told. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not that uh, inspirational. <laughs> uh, I think that's inspirational enough. <laughs> um, but it's not aimlessly scrolling, there's a purpose for that scrolling, isn't there? Well, that's it. My work does start. It does start as soon as I open my eyes because I lift my phone and I will have messages coming into the group. I will have emails coming in and bar that because, see, as soon as I hit the shops on the floors, we call it, from nine o'clock till half or five o'clock. That's where I am. Um, so the other work happens in the morning and then in the evenings. Yeah. So describe a typical day. So when you're on that floor, who are you meeting? What are you seeing? What are you thinking? What are you doing? Oh, uh, here. <laughs> Every day is different and there's hardly a day that I don't go home that there isn't a story to tell. Um, I am meeting the most amazing people. Amazing, and I'm not saying that lightly. I am working now in Dungannon, three and a half years, four years opened. Where'd that time go? No. Yeah. But the most amazing people are coming through my door on a on a daily basis. So yes, you're selling in the shop, but you're also doing the charity work. You're helping out with food banks. You're um, holistic therapies. You're oh. Everything there's so much happening on a, on a daily basis. You're you're meeting people that are desperate. Mm-hmm. You're meeting people in dire needs. Another side of that you're meeting people that want to give back. You have people so passionate about making a difference um, in their community. And you, what does that mean? It means that they're coming in hand heart, helping to make a change in people's lives in yeah. their local area. Yeah. So why are you, Glenna? Right. I believe <laughs> it took us a good year, year and a half of hard, hard raising awareness, polluting Facebook, um, sharing our ups and downs and roundabouts um, with the, the local area. People then obviously come in. People maybe didn't come back. But to date, the majority of supporters I have and donors is from the DNR I opened. And they've stayed with us throughout the journey. Um, people come in because it is a safe environment. And they feel 
I know they feel because the the feedbacks all the time. Oh, I feel so nice in here. You you speak when we come in. We we'll have a good crack. We we'll have have a laugh. You cared, Lena. Like our community is made up of an array of different cultures and mostly East Timorese mm-hmm. um, and they're mummy, mummy, mummy. I'm mummy <laughs> as far as they're concerned. Is that very important to you? Absolutely. Who wants to go in somewhere, especially your local shop and not feel wanted? Yeah. So while we're on the topic of the actual job as such and the Ferrari that's there, tell us Give us an overview. You mentioned some of them there, but give us an overview of the things that you actually do provide. So our service is all about promoting positive mental health, primarily working with people and individuals and um, families and low income. So our service to date, what we provide, we've done a very, very successful Christmas appeal. It's called Dungan Give and Tree. And out of that last year, um, 370 local families, we did Christmas thanks to our supporters and donors. Um, we provide a food bank. We provide help with oil or electricity. We do holistic therapies. We um, deliver workshops on different activities, upstyle and furniture, um, cooking. Going back to your roots, we're looking at cooking and starting back at growing your own. Um, we have a befriending um, service. And the list goes on. Yeah. Um, what I want to ask you on a personal level is what challenges you most? So our work, uh, we haven't reinvented anything. It is very grassroots. Um, it's nothing new. What I do find some funders, now, not all funders, but some funders, it's not good enough in their eyes. It's not new. It's not shiny enough. It's not glittery enough. This has been done before. However, speaking and a consulting with our beneficiaries, it's what's needed. Mm-hmm. And I've been in the sector long enough to know if I'm hungry and I'm cold, I ain't going to your colour in class. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think if we would address those issues and then move on, we would have, you know, more participation and more um, improvement in people's mental health. So um, I'll ask you that question again, because on a personal level, mm-hmm. what challenges you? Every day is a challenge. Every day is a challenge because I just don't know what I'm going to be dealing with. Yeah. Um, and again, going back to people thinking they know me, Flip me at times, I don't even know me. I just um, be plodding on, trying to make a difference and do my best. Um, I find it hard, and I suppose it's a challenge where I actually, see if I can't resolve something, that I find that challenging because I'm definitely one of these people that if there's a problem, I'm looking for a solution. Don't be giving me the problem. And that, that bit's difficult, you know, in a few different cases I've had of late, they're dragging on a bit. They hasn't, I haven't been able to fix. Mm-hmm. I would say when you're out on that 4 a.m. run, you will find a solution to those. <laughs> 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 it's fine to come to me. <laughs> so who, who or what inspires you most? So I think as far as inspiration goes, 
I have been surrounded by some of the most amazing women. There's nothing better than a woman that will fly your flag and that's at your side. And I am blessed. I know it sounds a wee bit cliche, but I have some of the most amazing people around me and have had in this last two or three years um, that have spurred me on and have said, yes, go for it. You know, just where you've just needed that wee push or um, somebody believing in you. Um, and that in itself, I find, is really inspirational. And I think there's not enough of that done at times. Yeah. I think maybe those lunchtime get-together in the cafe with a bit mm-hmm. of cake. CEO Fridays, hmm? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So if we're looking at where you are now, um, and it always the conversation seems to be going back to what you do mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in the charity and in the social enterprise, where are you going to? What's the plans? Yeah. So uh, this is it. And I've always been like this throughout my life. I've lived and breathed my work. Um, even on the Sunday and the Saturday when you're supposed to be. Yes, I have a life. I'm not uh, making out I don't. But I'm so work focused. It's sad sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, but we can laugh at it. <laughs> uh-huh, some people, like people around me or whatever and I'd be buying I'm, I'm very fast and I, I want the thing done whatever like and my poor husband at times when he has me out I'd be like you know what I would never employ you and he's like Glenna I would never work for you <laughs> no. you know and you're like all right okay <laughs> okay all right so if you if you were to switch off what would you be doing in your spare time I love my family so much I love my kids so much I love us as a family coming together mm-hmm. just love it. I love spending time with them I love having the conversations with them um, like even to this day and they're adults we all still holiday together Good. we don't see that each other that often and I live for that a day off for me food <laughs> food what kind of food do all you the, like? All the nice food. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we're talking cakes and buns. Oh, and I, I, oh no, three course meals, not food. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in terms of the charity, mm-hmm. where are you going with it? So again, three and a half years in from the first shop, opened the enterprise, opened on the charity. year and a half ago, we opened the second. And now we're expanding. Oh, where are you going to? Going to Lurgan. Excellent. Is it opened? No. It will t- it's a huge, huge big store. Um it's we ha- we signed that in January, I think mid April we're mm. aiming for. Why Lurgan? We have so many people support us from that area and we have so many people use our services from that area. It made sense um to go that part and try it and see how we get on. And what can we expect to see? Oh, more of us polluting Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I, someone said, oh, she's never off Facebook. Oh, my God. And I go, that's my job. Is it a, is your Facebook presence, is it a personal presence or um, the charity or the social enterprise? What, what, what way does it present itself? Yeah, so I do have my own personal Facebook. I do try at For You and Me and Them to keep it all... Um, social enterprise based and charity but at times I do put up a picture of us or myself on it but again I think that's good it's it's okay seeing all the pictures of items but it's nice to put a face to the name or to the brand 
you know, and where this came out of and how it come about. Yeah, I think it's important, um, you know, you, there's a face there, there's a, a, a presence there. I want to kind of dig a wee bit more or go back to, um, and it's not being negative, it's um, probably asking you this because it's how do we help other people when there's people being negative or when you get the trolls. So on a personal level, you explained there, it takes you a few days. Um, what what would your advice be? Don't follow mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know, like, um, and do you know what the sad thing is, Roshan? What I have found, the majority of fake accounts that is messaging, they're flipping people, I know. And why do you think it happens? Why? You tell me. I just, like, literally, I don't know. And it's, you're like... Why? What made you sit up at three o'clock in the morning and send me that message? You know what? I'm here Monday to Friday if you want me. Come in and see me. Yeah. Don't get it. I just, I don't get it. Well, I think it's a good message to give out is they know where you are. Mm-hmm. And heaven knows why people do it. But it's happening. And uh, so, so let's turn it around because it's fantastic work that you do in your community. Mm-hmm. I think you have a great presence in Dungannon, I think it'll be a great presence in Lurgan. So I'm going to ask you, what's the future for you? Overall, what's the future for you? Okay, so I suppose going back, just uh, you're talking there, and now success, I feel as if we have succeeded mm-hmm. um, on what we set out to. Like, I knew it would work. I did. Like, yes, you have those days. Like, oh, my God, it's going to fail. It's not going to be good. But I knew in my heart and heart. Uh, in actual fact, to me, I should have been here 20 years ago in Dungan, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest. Um, and then with success comes haters. Mm-hmm. And you have to then get right, okay, so they're hating on me because I have succeeded in what I set out to do. Yeah. And it's a pretty strong word, mm-hmm. um, but it seems to me it's the driving force mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Um, not to prove somebody wrong, but to make it even better. But that's it. it. This isn't just, this isn't me. I have a f- community around me, one, that needs our services, but two, that have got us to where we are today. We have a people that have believed in us, had faith in us to deliver. Mm-hmm. And as I said earlier, they're still with us and I have a job to do. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be done to the best of my ability. I'm never going to please everybody, but do I want to? No. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I suppose I want to ask you, um, God forbid something happens to you, what's your legacy? I was asked that the other day. Um, I just hope that it still continues. I hope the work, if it's needed, always said, look, if I was needed for one year, two years, ten years, that it would still go. I would like to think that it would still be there if needed. And my legacy is that changing lives for better. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to where, you know, it's a big thing to ask for help. Big thing. Mm-hmm. And if out of the majority of people that we have helped, it hasn't even been the end of it has asked us. Somebody on their behalf has identified that they have needed the help. Mm-hmm. But to see the, just like at Christmas time, we had a girl come in, I think she was looking to get a mattress. And she's seen the food bank and she started crying. She goes, how do I get food? And it turned out she had two wee kids and she gave the two kids the last bit of rice 
that you had. Mm-hmm. She had no food for herself. And that, that kills me to think people in my community is going without. But they're the people that we want to get to. They're the people we want to reach. How do they reach you? That Yeah, so again, blessed by the networking that we've done in and around Ungannon, the people we have met, people from different communities, different ethnic minority groups that have helped us break some barriers down and get to the people that really need our help. That's good. So... If I were to ask you, do we go on Facebook? What do we look for? Mm-hmm. Or are you on Twitter? Are you on w- w- what are you on? Right, we're actually on the main Thomas Street in Dungannon. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the heart of Dungannon, <laughs> <laughs> and in the car park. <laughs> and we are, are on Facebook. We are on Facebook. Um, for you and me and Ian, both on Facebook. And as you know, we're very visual, and you see us and you'll hear us. Yeah. Um. So. What I probably want to ask you now is um, the legacy of you. Mm-hmm. So if I were to, to tell you the footprint that you've left in the sand for me would be, you know, your smile, your energy, your enthusiasm, um, how you can speak. So how do you tell that to funders, What that you're different, that you're unique? Not just you as the person, mm-hmm. but you as the charity. How? What? What makes you different? Me, you, and them again has had. We're in the centre of Dungan, so one thing we are accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, we're unique as, and we have made a community within a community. You come in. We had funders in recently, and I can mention them. Hope for youth, and they were just blown away they couldn't believe the amount of different people in our shop the engagement within our shop the young to the old in our shop we're for everybody mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's um, and we welcome everybody through the door good okay so you're in Thomas Street in Dungannon and Feeney's Lane Feeney's Lane in Dungannon mm-hmm. and the car park don't forget the car park I, no Feeney's Lane's in the car park <laughs> <laughs> And where are you in Lurgan? We're going to High Street in Lurgan. I'm not that f- uh, familiar with Lurgan, um, but it's right up to the, the middle of the town on the left. <laughs> the <laughs> car park right in the back. Uh, You're fond uh, of car parks. I love the <laughs> car park. <laughs> okay. Um, any particularly funny stories you'd like to share with us? Oh, have you got all day? Um, no, but we've got enough time. Enough time. <laughs> So every day, as I say, and for you especially, um, there's something new. There's some story to come away with, but I suppose one that's sitting in my mind. This fella comes in and he's like, oh, I've got an interview. I've got no money. I need some clothes. I said, oh, fantastic. Brilliant. Um, I goes, where's your interview? And he goes, in Feynman Town. I said, that's not a bit far for you to be travelling, you know, from Lungan to Feynman Town. Oh, no, no, I live in Clogher. And as some of you know, that's where I live. So, like, the years were up. I said, right, okay. Um, what's your name? <laughs> and he told me his name, and I swear, my belly just sunk. Mm-hmm. And I said, God, I, goes, I would never recognise you. Why? I was, oh, the last time I seen you were in a balaclava. Ooh. <laughs> and what's that about? And he's like, huh? I goes, do you know me now? 
Aye, but oh, 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 them boys there, I be talking to them. I no, no, it's all good. Needless to say, I didn't get the job. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe you'd like to tell us why the balaclava one. Yeah, I suppose there's a wee bit more to that. So, um, don't know, my son had a bit of a riff with some group of guys and they were coming to our house. And I live remote. I did not want them getting to my house. Mm-hmm. So I set out in, in his car. They thought it was him. But when I got and I stopped them at the bottom of the road, they all jumped out. But it wasn't the ones that jumped out. I noticed it's the one sitting in the back of the car with the balaclava. And I'm like, what the hell? So I was like, right, boys, time to go home. Turn and go back. Mm-hmm. And they did. Thank God. And I suppose um, that's where you started with telling us that you're ballsy. I am, you know that fight or flight. Mm-hmm. I should fly. I should go. But I stand, I stand and just yeah, I do. But then again, that's my family. Like most mummies, they'll do anything for their children. Absolutely. So um, we didn't prepare anything for this interview. Uh, we did that deliberately. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of laughing on the way down. Um, we'd met. For an hour, mm-hmm. a few weeks back, mm-hmm. thinking, yeah, this is what we'll talk about, this is what we'll do. And um, we didn't actually do that. Does nothing <laughs> come out of that? What did we say? Um, the coffee was good, wasn't it? Coffee was really good. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's near the charity too. We'll not mention them. Maybe maybe we should mention them. And they'll be the best caramel <laughs> squares about. Uh, well, coffee's definitely good. Okay. Um, so I'm glad we didn't uh, because... Uh, I want to go back to you to by way of um, you, mm-hmm. just you, me. And if you could tell us in a few words, um, what do we expect to see and hear from Glenn and Madolkan? In what way? If I didn't know you, uh, which I don't, mm-hmm. um, which is why I'm saying, you know, for me, uh, if I if somebody were to give your name to me. It would be, oh, yeah, I know that girl. She's, she's got the smile. She's got the, you know... She's the got lip. the gob. <laughs> That's her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I suppose maybe what I'm trying to say is when we were coming down the car today, I was telling you that I like quotes, that I like to find quotes, and I use them for particular things. And you said to me, that's not your thing. What was your thing? Tell us what was your thing. It was a sayings. Oh, yeah. I just seemed to have a wee bit of a slang way of speaking at times and I refer to, um, like, lay it out like a fish supper. (laughs) Uh, The the one that I do use a lot of the time and um, come from my friend's mummy, you're hard up for a fruit if you tackle an onion. Yeah, you said that to me Uh before I came in here and I went, what in the name of heavens Uh does that mean? So Uh what does it mean? It means you're, you're just... Go on, you're taking that for the sake of taking it. Do you know what I mean? It's not actually, you know what I mean? You wanted that other, but you're going to be happy enough to take that. But that's not you, sure it's not. Flipping sure it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would, if somebody said to me, you go and you meet Glenna Madol Cam, what would I expect to, to get when I come to meet you? You're going to get somebody that be a bit crazy, busy. Like, maybe... I'm focused, but I'm focused probably on maybe other stuff. My head's going 100 miles an hour all the time. I find it hard to switch off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do the normal things that people do. I work all day. I eat bath bed. On repeat. 
Yeah, I do. That's I do Monday to Friday. Um, if you get a text from me on at ten o'clock on Friday, you're like, oh, is she on the wine? <laughs> <laughs> right? Are you? Eh? No, a beer. <laughs> um, because mo- I'm very I'm, I'm I'm sore myself at times. I'm sore myself. I have to make sure on Monday to Friday I'm all work and I'm all focused and I'm getting everything done that I have said or I want to get done. And then when I get that done, even Saturday, I spend it doing the paperwork up to lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when everybody else will be out doing whatever, I'm I'm in the books. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose like I do have a life. I'm not going to pretend I don't. I like to get out. I like to go out walk and I like going out for food and I like to spend time with my family. Absolutely. All right, Glenna. Um, I was just thinking about the things that you were talking about um, earlier there about the charity. I wanted to ask you first, though, you'd said you're going three years. Three and a half. Three and a half. Mm-hmm. It strikes me then that you started at quite a difficult, challenging time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you want to talk us through what happened and uh, when you started off? I was one of them positions where I had two options. <laughs> I seem to have these a lot in my life, <laughs> whereas where I lay down or I get up. Um, I was in a really bad place really unhappy um but i wasn't gonna let anybody beat me mm-hmm. um and also the charity was going to be around mental health so i needed to be in a good place to be able to um head the charity and if i couldn't be open and honest about how i was going to be feeling how on earth was i going to expect people to come along and share their inner problems you know with ourselves to be mm-hmm. able to see what we can do or get them on to the support that they needed yeah were you sad very what oh made my you sad? god every day like I remember being holidays and they, they, my kids and all laugh but every day I was having like a mini meltdown every day I just did not know where to turn to okay overwhelmed even worse than that it was awful I just I just did not know what to do what brought it about um seeing things hearing things that was going on that I wasn't happy with okay it didn't sit right with me lots of stuff didn't sit right with me um and you decided to speak up and how did you do that as then I spoke about it, and then I become, I felt, a commodity, surplus to a requirement. Okay. So what did you do about it? Done a lot of crying, screaming and shouting. Can I, I'm going to just, man getting into the car one day and uh, had a, an automatic left because my car was in getting service. Couldn't get the fucking thing to drive. I was literally taking it towards the garage. <laughs> like, I swear to God. My daughter was having to get into school to do a GCSE ex- exam. She was like, it doesn't matter, Mum. It was a matter. We're going and you're going. Uh, it was one of the most I, oh, difficult times in my life. And I did feel very isolated. It was one of those that, oh, if you speak up, speak out, sure. That's your word against theirs. Um, get you in trouble. It, you know, what the fuck? It was my story. It was my journey, and this is how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And as I say, if I couldn't 
speak up and out, how the hell is other people? You know, and we wonder why people end up with poor mental health, yeah. having to press down how they're feeling. Not good. Yeah. Not good. So how would you encourage people to do that? Yeah, as I had a friend, uh, she used to say to me, that's way above my pay grade. It is. Just be sure who you're opening up to is is a friend, whoever it may be. Um, you know, when I did, when you talk it over, it's never it's never as bad. Mm-hmm. It's never as bad. Um, but it's just uh, getting things right and talking to the right people and making sure they have got your best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been let down? I was let down then, I think, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You felt a wee bit of a failure too. Because no matter what I put my hand to, it doesn't come into it as far as I'm concerned. I have to win. Not win, I have to succeed. That's what it is. And, uh, you know, in that instance, I did succeed. It wasn't enough. So you said earlier that you had high expectations. Mm-hmm. So how do you cope with a failure? Not well. <laughs> what do you Not do? Not well. Cry. <laughs> Cry. I literally, like, just said, and then I, I talk things, I do to my family, I talk and talk and talk and talk, and then about day three, the penny drops, it's fine, it's fine. And like, our ones will be standing, I'm sitting about bit of breath, oh, thank God for that. Mm-hmm. Phew, she's back yeah. on, she's back online. But you know, I think that's okay too. You know, I'm in a job where feelings and emotions very much plays a big part. And if I can't relate, I'm not doing my job right either. So I think in that, there's lived experience there and I'm bringing that to the table. Perfect. Tell me then, where did you, me and them come from? What happened? How did it start up? Right, well, suppose the name is me, you and them. Me. Yeah, right. And for you, I think just... That was like, we hear people referring to them and see her, them, you, me, whatever. Because it is, ultimately, it is everybody. So mm-hmm. it is you, me and them. Yeah. You know. And it started, when did it start? It started, um, I went on holidays, spent my time having many breakdowns on my holidays. But between that, I started planning um, to open up a social enterprise and a charity. So I spent my holiday doing that. I sending emails looking um, premises starting to look about getting a charity get all in place that um, the shop there was no funding coming in no funding coming in at all um, the shop opened on October the 30th 2019 mm-hmm. the charity established then January 2020 and then flipped me um, COVID yep. so how did you deal with that? Do you know what? I'm so lucky. I am so lucky because do you know what? I had so much vision and so much that I wanted to achieve, and I thought, sweet Jesus, not something else. <laughs> How am I going to deal with this here? Out of your control. It really was, and then all of a sudden, though, we were getting phone calls, emails, texts. Can you help? Can you do this? Can you do that? And not a penny coming in because the shop was generating an income to deliver services until such times. Um, that we would get registered even, you know what I mean, uh-huh. to get it up and run. So it was, you know what, Lano, you're here, you'll do what you can do. And at every day, it was, it was just unbelievable. The community came and helped and yeah. supported us. And 
people were coming in volunteering, people were leaving in money, people were leaving food, right up to people cooking meals. Like I have a guy, James Devine, he's probably known popular um, chef, and he was making meals, one of the people making meals for us to deliver out to people at risk in our community for yeah. us. Yeah. I suppose um, very challenging time in a sense that the world really had to step back mm-hmm. but here was you you couldn't that's exactly that because we had um like people saying oh i can't go and see my dad because of valid reasons they couldn't mm-hmm. but dad was so off an age he had no one to look in on him it just it was heart heartbreaking at times some of the things that we were dealing with um but during that time I spent it pushing, pushing on, getting different bits of funding in, um, trying to register the charity, um, do, 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 and then they come back, pretty much I was puking them, and they were like, this is a charity commission in Northern Ireland. You know what? Not unless you can show us where you have been um, discriminated against or whatever because of not being registered, would you just go away, <laughs> more or less? Mm-hmm. I'm sure they said it nicer than that, but that's yeah. what it felt like to me. <laughs> and I was well, you know what? Funny you should say that. A funder turned me down because I'm not registered. And they were like, right, send it on. I was registered that week. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Result. Yeah. Result. And I know it is, but you have to put a stamp on your work. It has to be regulated. Everything that we deliver, even on a daily basis, regulated. Um, yeah. Um, people most probably tell you very personal stories. Mm-hmm. Um. Would they allow you to share those stories? What would you do with those stories? A lot of the cases, no. Nor do we want to. I think it's enough just to uh, show people what it is we do, provide a little bit of feedback, if that has helped or if that's worked. And if you do follow us on Facebook, we do, we do share feedback. There's no need to share personal stories. Um, if that person has got what they needed from um, speaking with ourselves, we've achieved what we set out to achieve. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about um, the feedback that you get. It's it's quite the thing when you read that on your Facebook page um, about people maybe who donate mm-hmm. or somebody thanking you. Um, how do you feel about that? How does that make you feel? I feel so proud. Because to me, it's okay saying this is what I want of you as a donor or a supporter or a customer. But I think it's really good to show what their efforts have done. So to be able to share that, um, we quote, you love the quotes, but we we comment or we feedback back and to be able to show donors, look, um, that's the difference you made. I think that's so powerful. I really do. And you know what? Because of your coat or because of your tampon, we were able to do this. Yeah, yeah. You know? And at Christmas time, at Christmas time, we put out um, the appeal and we do it. I would have people that I've never heard tell of from one year to the next, but they pop up every Christmas and they're saying they're needing help. But, you know, I haven't, I have not seen you all year, mm-hmm. you know. And again, that's not saying that you don't need the help. But uh, the questions will be asked, you know, if we are really the right service for you. Yeah, yeah. You know? Do you find that difficult? 
they do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So I suppose what I want to ask you, Glenn and I, is what has been your greatest achievement to date? Okay, so from we have opened, we have supported and helped 5,000 people in such mm-hmm. a small period of time. Now, that could have been from a chat to a food bank to a toy to whatever our service. But over 5,000 people has been through our services. I think that's a great achievement in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout um, this time, not only have uh, we supported our community, we've looked further afield, we've, purely because our community is so multicultural now. Like we have people from Ukraine living, Poland, um, East Timor. And when they're hurting, we're hurting. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to times where uh, they had different disasters or whatever, we um, stepped up and we done what we could do. Yeah. I've I seen the appeal for the for Turkey and Syria. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're a local charity, how does that translate? So, um, again... We're in a cost level crisis. People don't have the money or whatever. So what we were asking, even if you didn't have the money, donate your items. And we were going to be making a portion of that into a donation. So that closed yesterday. Mm-hmm. So all in all, we raised a thousand pounds. Brilliant. Great. And we'll be meeting with, we have decided it's going to Mary's Meals because they're already out in Syria and Turkey. It's just not that easy to get a provider out in Syria. Unfortunately, you need uh, to be invited. Mm-hmm. So it's just nice that they're already there doing the work and we can hand over the money because they do fantastic work. That's good. Uh-huh. That's, that's really, really they're doing that. good and positive stuff. Yeah, but when we were um, Ukraine, that's another story and a half. Um, we were Why is that? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, Glenn had big ideas. We were going to go in the van going to bring a load of um, new resources out, aid out to um, Ukraine, Poland we're going to, sorry. Um, But then it turned out that we've got so much stock in, right? And then it turned out that I was going to ask my husband to drive. What's the process behind that, Glenna? How do, how do you go about doing something like that? It was hard work. <laughs> it was hard work. But then we, I linked in with another fella um, that has a charity, Zega, fund support in Dungan as well. And together, um, we got aid together. But my point is, I was going to go out in the van. And then when I contacted people uh, for getting aid, they were like, uh, put it in, send it to the warehouse. Send it to the warehouse. Oh. I was like, No. I don't want to do that. Plus, people were coming in and handing me money. And I was like, they're trusting me to get that. So off Glenna goes to Poland on her own. (laughs) How does Glenna get the Poland from Thomas Street and Dungan? Hey, this is it. Oh, (laughs) do you ever so? So, but she did. She got and um, she went. In the van? No, I didn't even take the van. (laughs) Because I didn't have the address, my husband wasn't happy. I was like, oh, Jesus. So... I needed then a lorry. All right. So that's how I linked in with um, networking there with others and we got the aid out like that. But what was important to me was I went out myself. I went to Krakow um, for a few days and I volunteered. And I went on to Lublin. And this at the border, almost uh-huh. at the border. And I went on foot and I found organisations doing work very similar to what 
I do, and we do in Dungannon. And they were receiving no money, no fun, mm-hmm. no nothing. Even from the bigger organisations that were getting in all the aid, they weren't even sharing it. I was like, really? So they were my two organisations. I split the money between the two of them, and I said my aid, the aid went directly to them. I said, oh my God, I'm so proud of that. Yeah. So proud. Because I knew it was making a difference. Uh-huh. knew it was going to make a difference for them. And I think that probably sums you up. Right. Making a difference. So, what now? What now? Right, so. For you. For me. See, I think I'm, I'm lost in all of this. I'm just the gatekeeper. That's what I feel. Um, but I know I'm a good ga- uh, gatekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> if you want the job done, we'll get it done. As I say, my standards are high. But I set them high for myself. If I'm going to do a job, I'm going to do it right. Um, the next uh, stop, step for us is Lurgan. Mm-hmm. Want to duplicate the services, be able to offer the services out there and see how it goes. So my final question to okay. you might be, why would I go to you? Why would I go to your charity? Why would I go actively seeking you out? Because we will help. We care. Now, you might come to me with something that is not my job as you hear a lot of the time, but I'll never just turn you away. Mm-hmm. I will make sure we either help you or we'll get you to the people that help you. We are a good uh, stopping point. And as I say, we are definitely, for Dungannon, we're in the heart of Dungannon. And you, we're easy accessible. Um, come to us and we'll look after you. Great job. Um, I think, Lana, for us um, here and I, um, I think it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I think, I think for me, um, I felt very honoured to be asked to, to have a conversation with you. I'm delighted that um, we've had this conversation. Thank you.